Boom! Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Great health does not have to be a mission impossible. I'm Dr. Alan Trites, and I apologize for the delay in getting some of these other podcasts out. Um, right next to our production studio, recording studio, there has been construction for two months. And the way we schedule podcasts is based on my schedule in the office. And so when I sit down, they're hammering stuff out or drilling out concrete. It's kind of hard to re uh, to record. So again, I'm here with my good friend Danny, the German short hair pointer, and she loves to listen to these podcasts as we go along. Well, today's podcast is something that um, is as significant, and we've been using it for years in the office, and it's something that you can do at home. And I briefly talked about acupuncture. I'm going to bring some of that back in. This isn't about acupuncture. This is really about what's called red light therapy. And what red light therapy is, I mean, if it could be put into a pill, uh, it'd be worth billions and billions of dollars because it does so much good to the to the body. And there's there's so much research that goes out there. And that's what I'm just going to bring to you because these things are fairly affordable to get your hands on, things you can do at home. So in our, I wrote a book that's called Treat Yourself. And in the, that book, I talk about red light therapy or what you can do with a laser, whether you're doing red light therapy or whether you're doing uh, self-induced acupuncture at home. There are many things you can do with red light. And so again, if red light can be put in a pill, it would be worth billions. Um, and of course, hundreds of millions of people would start taking it because doctors know that this works. Um, so while it's not a drug, it, it does exist, and it's called near-infrared light. Now, we have Asana, which uses near, mid, and far wave infrared light, but we also use a multitude of lasers in our office. Uh, some of them are for acupuncture, and some of them are for uh, therapy and you can have near infrared and then you can actually have red light therapy there's a little bit of difference on the frequencies and what they do so near infrared and red light therapy are some of the biggest breakthroughs that have happened in the last um, 30 years and there are over 2,000 studies that are in PubMed so that that's quite significant it's not like I'm um, beat the bush here uh, monkeypox does not have 2,000 studies okay um, it, it just doesn't. So this is a big thing. And it, the whole point of these research studies is to enhance human health and uh, reduce pain and inflammation and swelling. But most people that walk into our office have never heard of it. Um, most people think that light is just, um, it's not dark. <laughs> that's, that's really what it is. And of course, darkness is the absence of light. And light is what uh, allows us to see things. But that's that's about where education in the general population really in the medical world comes to light the idea of having shining a light on you and make you feel better is is just like far-fetched again 2,000 research papers so uh, it, it gets more than that so when you get light into a human cell it starts to change it starts to heal so there are specific frequencies of light um, there are different types of of mic or what we call light waves there's gamma rays if you've heard of those i'm sure you've heard of x-rays or ultraviolet light, which then gets into a visible spectrum, which you might have heard of uh, the the term for like the rainbow, Roy G. Biv, red, orange, yellow, blue, indigo, green, um, violet. That's your visible spectrum. Then you get to infrared. Then you get to microwave. Then you get to radio waves. And I, I went from the shorter wavelength, which has high frequency and high energy. That's why you don't want to be sitting next to a gamma ray or X-rays all day long, to things that have lower wavelength lower frequencies lower energy that's why we can have radio waves around us and why we want to use infrared so again red and near infrared 
light are part of the electromagnetic spectrum. And this is, of course, light emitted from the sun and even from fire. You have light that comes off of there. And wavelengths of light are bioactive in humans. And you look at the, um, the animal population, how animals deal with light or frequencies of light or bioactivity, how a bee goes to a flower and dances, uh, what they're looking for in a particular flower. They're not looking for like a yellow flower. It has a frequency of bioemission that comes off that it's looking for. Animals do the same thing. So these are innate. This is part of our body. This is how our body communicates. Um, and so that's that's the biggest part of just the kind of background of what red light therapy is. Now, there are these things called electromagnets or electromagnetic waves, um, which are like very, very small gamma and x-rays versus a very, very large x-ray. It, it gets bigger as they go through. So if you've ever had a prism and you pass, like you put it out in the, in the middle of the sun or like where you get sunlight in your house, it, the prism then separates these colors because of the wavelengths. That's how you get the, the rainbow color, or what we said had as, as Roy G. Biv. Now, of this light that's coming through there, let's say we have like a scale or even a, a ruler or a yardstick, and we'll call it like three foot on the yardstick. Like a centimeter of that yardstick is all you're seeing. There's all these other spectrums that are coming through here, but you don't see it because the human eye can only see light that's been broken down into the visible spectrum from what's called the size of nanometers, 400 to 700 nanometers. And what we want to see is red light, and that's 600 to 700 nanometers. Above the visible spectrum, the size of the, the waveform gets different, and it's 700 to 1,000 or 1,100 nanometers. So the red and near-infrared wavelengths have an effect on our body. That's where the 2000 research papers come in. But not all red and far infrared wavelengths are created equal. For instance, you have a laser pointer that you like used to give PowerPoint presentations to. You put that on your body, what is it going to do? Probably nothing. Um, because it has to be a specific um, wavelength and has to be narrowed that goes in there. So 630 to 680, 800 to 880 are where the study comes in because you can put other things that are on there. Let's say you put 700 nanometer, which is your common laser pointer and you start treating yourself or acupuncture points, you shouldn't get anything out of it because that doesn't seem to have any biological effect. So we had 2,000 studies just on red and infrared, and then you have 3,000 studies on red and near-infrared wavelengths and the effect on human health. So now we have 5,000 studies that are going with red light, and you have maybe have never heard of red light. Uh, if you've come to our office, you've seen a red light pop out at one point or two, that, and if you haven't, what's going on? Or maybe you're just that healthy. But we use it every day, all day, every day. So what red light and, and near-infrared light therapy, what the research is, here's the skinny. It can increase your energy. Well, that sounds good. Um, it can reduce wrinkles. It can make skin healthier. It can even uh, treat cellulite. It can speed up, speed up fat loss. It can help the muscles recovery and athletic performance. It can improve mood and cognitive function. It can speed up healing from an injury. That's where we use it the most. It can improve metabolism and hormone health. That's where the 5,000 studies have come in. That's a lot of research that has come on with this. Now, this isn't, I talked about the last 50 years. That's really where the research came in. But this has been documented for quite a bit, like 
1400 BC was the first documentation of using light. And the term that came around with using light to help things, it could be photomedicine, but more recently it's called PBM or photobiomodulation. And even in the 18th century, they started using light, even on cancerous growths, um, and reporting that they could use successively treat skin ulcers with sunlight or to enhance it or to use like a, a magnifying glass. That's a big deal. I mean, these things have been going on for hundreds of years and we just kind of just poo-poo it <laughs> or um, let's not take a look at it. Well, you know, if, if you can use red light therapy, um, fantastic. And when I got out of school, these red light therapies or photobiometrics were called low-level light uh, low-level laser therapies, or LLT, they could also be called a cold laser. Now, at the time, $5,000 would have been a cheap one. It could go all the way up to $80,000. And that's generally why people don't have a low-level laser um, therapy device. Um, one of the best ones that we've got our hands on recently is is still close to $8,000. And you know, and a lot of, of clinics that, that we, we've called around, even in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, they'll charge $300, $500 for a session, these these lights. But it, it's, it's a, little, a, little, a little overkill because you can, you can do better than that. So, again, they were extremely expensive to get your hands on. Um, now they're coming down significantly, and you can do light sessions at home with your own laser and save thousands of dollars just by having the right laser. Now... Again, milliwatts uh, is, a, is a completely different thing. So we, what you can get your hands on for under 100 bucks is a 5 milliwatt red laser. We, we sell them in our office. Um, they're available, and it has to be at the right frequency, the right waveform. And those are a great way to start. Um, but if somebody has a lot of issues going on, getting a more powerful laser that has a myriad of frequencies, what we typically use is something called an Avant laser um, because it has not only infrared it has far red and you can flip back and forth and they have what these 2000 research papers and 3000 far red and infrared research papers says they they figured out what the frequencies are in the waveform what what the frequencies in the waveform is essentially the same thing there so if it vibrates let's say at 635 nanometers what they did is they put it on like a skin abscess or eczema and then the next person they put it on let's say a puncture wound and the next person they put it on let's say um, you have rheumatoid arthritis and they put it over the joint that was affected and so what they do is they would observe and see okay well at 635 or 650 or whatever the the waveform slash frequency was did it make an improvement did the person get better then can we run blood tests and see if their let's say inflammation markers went down and if it's eczema did it go away and how long did it go away and how long did it stay away and that's how they've come up with the uh, it, it all looks the same. I mean, we're in the office. We're like, it's red or bright red. <laughs> that's that's really our, what our, our, our eye sees. It's red or bright red. Um, but it was 635, and this one was 637, and this is 639, and they're treating different um, conditions to go along with it. Because let's say they found that 635 did nothing for eczema, and somebody has a laser that's just 635. They won't do anything for eczema. But it was really good for, let's say, rheumatoid arthritis. Okay, so that's where you can have a device that is affordable and you can definitely do acupuncture and other things that go along with it, um, but it may not do everything you want. That's where these LLT, LLT and PBM um, major frequencies and usually at 100 milliwatts, but that doesn't mean you can't get great results and feel good by having something that's 5 milliwatts 
and, and get there. So you may have never been taught this, but human cells need nutrients not only from food and water, they need it from light. That's a cell communication. So when a cell, they're called mother-daughter cells. And a mother-daughter cell is, as a cell grows, it has to expand and it has to duplicate itself because cells have a life and it, they're eventually going to die. And so when the mother splits away from the daughter cell, there is an emit of light. It just happens to be in the red light spectrum. That's how you can improve this, this certain wavelength of light can help power cells, can affect hormones, can affect neurotransmitters, can balance mood, can enhance physical performance, can hasten recovery from stress, increase alertness, sleep. And then more importantly, we just had a genetic change, mother to daughter. The genes were duplicated and replicated from mother to daughter and that was where it was. So your body does need light to be better. I'm not saying get out in the sun and sit there for 45 minutes naked every single day. That's really where the vitamin D comes in because there could be other issues or you maybe have light skin um, that gets there. So in the big picture, there are actually five types of bioactive lights to humans. So blue light is, it helps but the circadian rhythm in the brain, we use blue light in our office and ultraviolet pops in there too. And it can help turn and regulate several neurotransmitters and hormones in the brain. Then there's ultraviolet light, which comes from the, the sun and it helps us synthesize vitamin D. And then we get into the red light stuff. So far infrared, far infrared helps heat up our cells. This is part of the sun spectrum that makes you feel the heat as you're sitting out in the sun. It stimulates cell function. It also helps circulation, we know that. And then there's red light. Well, red light, Specifically, when you need to heal, you want to increase the mitochondria in the cell. So we can put red light on, let's say, a broken bone. And this is where the big research first came in. We have a broken bone that comes in, and it's a compound fracture. And while well, that requires surgery and possibly screws and everything that goes through it, what's the recovery of this individual? Well, the bone, regardless of how it gets set, is probably going to heal in about eight weeks. But it's the recovery that comes after how many other things were affected was the ligament together was a muscle torn anything that goes along with it well using red light and now they have like bone stimulators that have these particular things on it um, red light stimulators or red light bone stimulators you can get a bone to heal in a couple weeks well that's pretty cool so we like to have red light it increases mitochondrial function which means more energy to help heal and then we also have near infrared or infrared light which acts in the same pathway as red light, but in the mitochondria, it's, um, it stimulates to increase cellular energy. It's a little bit different than red light, um, but it's, it's working in the same way because it turns out that light really, for humans, is essential. And using red light therapy, far infrared therapy, and in these frequencies are important. So... Why not? So let me give you a new term that you may not have ever heard of before. I'm sure you've heard of maldigestion, malabsorption. Um, here's a term. It's called malillumination. So just as the world of processed foods leads to chronic malnutrition, our modern light environment, which is too much of the wrong kinds of light, or too little of the right kind, or poor timing, such as let's say you, you work night shift you get something called malillumination. Now, because we work inside so much, a lot of people in the world suffer from chronic malillumination. They just don't know it. 
and it has a wide effect, widespread effect on your function, whether it affects your organs. So for men, there's these long-term studies on prostate cancer and night shift workers. Uh, that's a big deal. Um, not only other types of cancer, there's heart disease, obesity, diabetes, neurodegenerative diseases, and other conditions. So it affects your brain. It affects organ function. It affects immune system. It affects your energy, mood, neurotransmitters, and hormone levels. And when you don't get light just from sunlight and you're not getting into vitamin D, then you get these autoimmune conditions and then you get neurodegenerative diseases such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia, multiple sclerosis, cancers, uh, metal-like syndrome, heart disease. So we, we want to keep our D up, but that's just, just one form of light. That's the ultraviolet side. Well, what about red? What about far red? What about infrared? And so there was a um, study that came out of Sweden. They looked at 30,000 women for 20 years. That, that's a pretty good amount of people. And they found that women with the lowest sun exposure had twice, two-time fold of death rate compared to women who, who had sun exposure. Now, this goes against kind of, you know, the dermatologists. They don't want to have skin cancer. And I get that. But you got to have some sun. Uh, that's just malillumination that goes along with it. Now, what if you have artificial light exposure? So all of us have electronic phones and TVs and computers and indoor lighting. And guess what? They're also linked to cancer, depression, obesity, metabolic syndrome, insomnia, poor sleep, and mood disorders. Um, so now we, we get that we have a malillumination. So this is when we start getting into near-infrared and, and, and far light, uh, red light therapy. And... While most wavelengths of light, such as ultraviolet, blue, green, yellow, um, they're, they're really unable to penetrate the body. Now, ultraviolet, you get that warm and the, the very outside of the layer. I'm not going to say that that's not, but you, you've got to get deep. You've got to get at least like two inches deep. So when we're just using a two, two milliwatt or five milliwatt uh, laser, we're not, we're not penetrating. It doesn't have the oomph to get in. But it can treat really good acupuncture points. You can treat things on the surface. But I like to get deeper into the tissue. So that's why we use a, a, a bigger laser uh, specifically in our, in our office. And once deeper in those tissues, these red line and near-infrared have the ability to help that mitochondria. They help the ability to increase your energy production, which then what's called modulates or decreases or manages inflammation, which will help with pain. It helps you to heal faster and you get a healing effect. So the most important point to this is that red and near-infrared light are not just somebody holding the light over you if they know what they're doing. Uh, that's the consensus because people don't know. And that, that's why I'm here with this podcast is explaining what this is. Um, and the frequencies that came from it are just, it really is more natural than not because the frequencies that come out of this waveform, such as the light, are emitted from the sun. It's something that we have to be with anyway. And it's, it's how the body has evolved. It's how we we. we we grow it's how we, we we recover so how does far and near infrared light therapy work well the primary mechanism is to increase energy production this happens in the mitochondria and that's why we often provide um, one of the products in our office is called uh, energy ignite is i want to feed the mitochondria so once i've stimulated it i want it to roll so that's where the combination therapy comes in you take a product and you can get it off our website at choosenewleaf.com and you're using your infrared, um, far infrared laser, and you're stimulating point, well, it's, it's a win-win. We're trying to get everything going. So as this stimulates the mitochondria, you get something that's called ATP. That's how your, your body makes energy. And that comes from the mitochondria. And it interacts with what's called a photoreceptor, just like a plant. 
that's called cytochrome C oxidase. While the exact mechanisms aren't 100% understood, they can find that they make nitric oxide, which plays a vital role in your body. If you don't have enough nitric oxide, your blood supply doesn't go and you don't heal. If you have enough nitric oxide, the right one, there's three types, it opens up the blood supply and it gets there. Now, anything that hinders nitric oxide can hinder the ATP from being produ produced and then you don't make enough energy. So the research has found that red and, and near-infrared light kicks out nitric oxide out of the mitochondria and allows oxygen in the mitochondria to allow the mitochondria to make more ATP. Pretty cool, huh? Well, what about hormones? Well, red and near-infrared light therapy creates a temporary low-dose metabolic stress. And then the term on that when you're talking about hormones is called hormesis, which is primary, the primary, primary mechanism of why exercise works. You push into the body and you create free radicals, and then your body has a build-back to expand what you just did to itself, and that's called the anti-inflammatory. This is where antioxidants come up. So exercise creates antioxidants. Over-exercise burns up all your exercise, and then you, you, lose, <laughs> you lose the benefit of that. Um, and this is where, you, you, by the way, exercise is a stress. And if you stress yourself, your body should have this uh, response of how am I going to heal myself? Because when you work out, you create free radicals, which is what's called reactive oxygen species, and then actually causes cellular death. And that's called autophagy or autophagy. Uh, and it unfolds protein responses, which is the absence of methylation. It's um, acetylation, which then affects genetics, and then you make bad proteins off of that, and you can have what's called heat shock proteins. And then you have to take more antioxidants, and you have less anti-inflammatory ability. So when your body is working right in that process, you get a stress-resistant cell survival. That's a good thing. So that's why we exercise up to a point. We use red light therapy to enhance it. We don't want to have intense stress or life stress because some people are just, like, let's say you're going through a divorce. It's too much stress. You should be using a red light on yourself every day, every day, because you can't handle what the other person is doing or doing, trying to do to you, but you can handle yourself, so you work on you. This is your time to work on you. So transient red light um, will help decrease what's called these reactive oxygen species. They help decrease what's called the NF-kappa beta, which is what creates free radicals slash the inflammation. Big deal. And one of the genes that goes on there is called NRF2 or NRF2, which is your antioxidant response element. So this is your internal cellular antioxidant defense system. Your cellular cell makes its own antioxidants. So when you have inflammation from free radicals and working out in life, you got to have something to put out the fire. Well, here's what red light comes in and helps do. So red light and exercise combined, even better, it makes your cells more tolerant for stress, which means you can combat inflammation, which helps build up free radicals. Now, imagine somebody who's a professional athlete, and by the way, they're using photobiometric photo modulation in like every professional athlete world. And if you're not getting it and you're a professional athlete, you go to your trainer and go, what are you doing, man? You were way behind the times. This stuff's been in the NFL and the NBA and uh, for decades. So why aren't you using it? We should, we should all be using it. Um, so we want to, to make that better because, again, they over-exercise. So you have somebody, I mean, this would be perfect for any high school, college, and coach, and trainer to take a look at. Because as you bring somebody in, maybe it's a high school kid and they've never done a sport before. 
I maybe have a collegiate coach and they never earned a collegiate athlete and they have never trained like that before. What's the probability of them getting sick and injured? Extremely high. But if you start giving them near infrared and red light therapies that go along, they can adapt. And anything that you can adapt, you can make the body stronger. And we want to make the body stronger. Um, for for our office, when it's skin-related, um, our esthetician would use it to reduce the signs of damage, DNA damage, or wrinkles, or uh, what's called hyperpigmentation, or skin discoloration, or enhanced collagen. That has a lot, like... Um, 800 studies on enhancing the collagen by using red light and infrared therapy. Uh, it helps the repair of the epithelial cells. It helps combat skin conditions such as acne, vitiligo, burns, uh, psoriasis, and sores. It speeds up the, uh, the wound healing of a cell. So it has a lot to do with skin, and we have to do this quite a bit in our office because we have a lot of kids under two that have eczema. And what happens to a little kid that has eczema starts to itch and they have these little sharp nails and they, they scratch them and then they have open wounds. And when they have open wounds, they can have an infection. So we have to get this down while we're dealing with other parts of their body. Why are they having the eczema? It's a, it's a combination that goes to it. So one particular study when it comes to uh, infrared and in using skin, you also have underneath the skin fat. And so um, if you've, there are devices and by the way, they're like anywhere between 90000 to half a million dollars that you can use near-infrared and red light therapy combined with massage, and you can get almost uh, up to a 71% reduce in cellulite. That's, that's impressive. Um, I've seen the before and after. We had a doctor that had one and was pretty impressed with it. Um, in fact, at the time, I had <laughs> been in, um, I was still doing Ironman's, and so I was the from the neck down guinea pig with the red light on me because you know we had to have some subject that was willing to do it. And I didn't care about my physique at that, that time. I probably wouldn't do it now, but that's uh, where we're at. So, but the other thing is, ninety one percent of subjects improve their skin tone. So we all have whether it's acne scars or sunspots or sun damage. Uh, those are those are important, and then eventually damage anything that's a, a mole, anything that's a, a that breaks down that that just means it's damaged there that dna is no longer damaged so what it did is it acetylated instead of methylated which is healing it acetylated to protect itself and now you have a difference in protein that goes along that skin line and now you have a what's called a whether it's a hypo or hyperpigmentation it's a change a color let's say a mold it becomes brown that's damaged skin that's damaged dna and that's how the body responded to it so this is where we we want to allow the body to clean up damaged cells it's called phagocytosis we want to allow the body to make more energy to heal itself and we want to we want to get in and help collagen and all the other tissue to, to come together so typically in office uh, if you're using red or light therapy a lot of patients that that need it they need increased energy why they have fibromyalgia they have chronic fatigue um, and so the quality of life for a fibromyalgia patient is, is not good this is where red light and infrared therapy come in what about their pain? What about their muscle spasm? What about their morning stiffness? What about how many tender points do they have along their way? This is where um, these come in for these kind of patients. Well, what if they're autoimmune? So, for instance, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, big deal. Um, so, this is a huge study that, that came along in 2013, and there's a one particular antibody that's called a TPO antibody that's specific for Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And it's a it was a placebo controlled study in hypo or hypothyroid patients 
who got near-infrared light therapy over their thyroid. 2013, randomized. So random means here somebody gets real red therapy and somebody gets fake red therapy. Okay, so 47% of these patients ended up stopping their medication completely. Uh, sounds like we should pay, we take a look at that. Well, what if, what if all the endocrinologists and uh, rheumatologists started doing that in their office? What could we do? That would be kind of cool. Uh, so in 2010, they started using the, uh, another study that came along. 38% of the um, precipita- or precipitants in the study were able to reduce their hypothyroid medication with a whopping 17% being able to complete it together. So um, that was just red light, not red light and infrared. They're just red light, one, just one. So the, this, these studies have been going on uh, for, for a while, whether it's post-surgical hypothyroidism or post uh, Partum hypothyroidism. It's some cool stuff. And we see some some really good responses uh, clinically in the office. Well, what else can you use it for? Um, you can put it on the brain because people have depression, anxiety, PTSD. What if they're addicted to stuff? There are points in the brain that help regulate dopamine responses or the neurotransmitters that go to the brain and studies to get on there. And when we're looking at, let's say, children uh, or adults, whether it's ADD, ADHD, um, different forms of autism, and they are on the autism spectrum, or they are um, Aspergers. And, and by the way, these are all kind of classified together now. They're not just like, hey, I just have ADD or ADHD. And that's not it. But there are parts of the brain that you can put this on because you're going to help the mitochondria within the brain, which helps the brain and cognitive performance. Well, what if somebody has short-term memory issue? Where do we put it? On the basal ganglia? Uh, no. Or um, the, the hippocampus? It all depends. Uh, maybe it's the frontal lobe. But that's where a doctor comes in and you actually do a, a physical exam and you ask questions and see where, where it's coming from. Is it the medial temporal lobe? Is it the frontal lobe? What, what's going on here? Um, so that's where to... I mean, keep in mind, we all are... If you're over listening to this, you're over 14 months, which means you're in stage 1 Alzheimer's. <laughs> that's just how it is. But stage two, three, four, you're still at home. Stage five, six, seven, you're in a home and somebody's watching you. So the the research that's coming along with it is that you can slow it down, and you can. There's no such thing as preventing Alzheimer's because we're all in stage one. But to slow it down or to stop it cold. So let's say you're in stage three. Do you want to be in stage four? No. Do you want to be in stage five? Heck no. So what do you do? This is where red light therapy comes in. And then other researches that come along with tendonitis and joint health. So there's a huge, huge clinic in Dallas-Fort Worth area that I won't give their name out, but this is what they're doing. And they got Emmett Smith to come to you, their spokesperson, and it's regenerative to the joints. Well, osteoarthritis, that's what they're using it for. Uh, What about oral health? Um, People have cold sores. Um, People have tooth growth. That they need to deal with. People have gum problems or periodontal disease. Um, what if you have a thrush in your mouth? It's really hard to get the antifungal in there, uh, but you can put red light therapy in there. Or gingivitis, you can put red light therapy in there. And then a lot of people go to this this one particular clinic, whether it's chronic neck pain, knee pain, fibromyalgia, low back pain, chronic pain, uh, pain of the elbows, wrists and fingers, chronic joint disorders, SI pain, tooth pain, osteoarthritic pain, tendonitis, and myofascia. So uh, very, very big thing. What about sleep? Well, if you put it on the right um, 
part of the brain, it can help the brain calm down, which allows you to um, relax. But the other thing you can do is you can put on the large intestine. Well, that's where serotonin is created. So if you want to increase melatonin, there's there's certain parts that you can put uh, infrared um, and far red on it. And sometimes it takes a little bit longer. Sometimes 10 to 15 minutes is fine, five minutes is fine. Sometimes you have to sit there for an hour, but it helps. But the research that's come along, not only in insomnia, we also have it in Alzheimer's and Parkinson's using red light therapy. What about people that have an ability to, to gain muscle or they can't recover? Uh, this is where so many other uses and, and research of far red and infrared. Now, how long would you use it? Well, it depends on your device, but generally 30 seconds to two minutes per area and within about six inches, uh, depending on, again, the doses, what we have in the office, you can be there 30 seconds is fine, a minute is fine. Um, you're not going to overdose it with what we have in the office. And you can overdose if you get to something that, that starts to run usually into the thousands of dollars. Um, so how do you choose a perfect or near infrared or red light therapy? Well, wavelength is important. Um, the proven wavelengths, again, 630 to 680 and 800 to 880. Um, most of the ones that are under $100, you, you generally have one, one wavelength slash frequency. And then how much power? And the power comes in milliwatts. So we want it to at least be five. One to two doesn't seem to get the job done. We want it to be at least five. And when you're buying one of those uh, those lasers and you're using them, that you're probably not going to get more than a year out of them. When you start spending thousands of dollars, they, they warranty them a little bit longer. So, again, that's, that's what we're looking for in a red light therapy is can it help? What can it do? What's the history? Where's it been going on? These things have been part of healthcare for a long time. And now a lot of spas use them or they have like a ultra luxury high-end um, spa and then where you lay in it like a, a tanning booth. If anybody's ever seen a tanning bed or a tanning booth. Um, I, I don't think you need, I, I don't think you need that. I think there's other ways to do it. I think there's uh, ways that you can get the, the right power output and where you can put it onto your body and onto your, um, to make, make these things happen. So I just wanted to make an introduction to red light therapy because I think it's missing in society. I think it's missing in medicine because the research out there is pretty good. I mean, if you can take 50% of, you know, a huge study, thousands of people put red light on them and they, uh, half of them, almost half of them reduce or eliminate their medication. I think that's something to take a look at. I hope you can agree to, to, to think that or so I know this is a little bit complex but if you consider get a light get a red light therapy um, put it on the body part that you need to have and, and make it better because this is what we want we want to increase your energy we want to speed up um, the use of fat to make energy we want to improve your muscle recovery or if you're working out a lot of athletic performance we want to improve your mood and, and your thought process do um, we want to make the muscle stronger? We want to speed up from healing and we want to improve metabolic and hormonal health. And so I wish you all the best. If you have any questions, you can always email us. Um, oh, I don't know our email. Um, it's front desk at choosenewleaf.com. So there, now we have our email for us. Uh, that would have been a bad thing. 
But I know you have a lot of podcasts you can listen to. I appreciate you listening to ours. Um, and if you like us, uh, hit the like button. Share us if you'd like. It helps us grow. If you have any questions, again, send something in and we will answer it. We just had a podcast about questions that came in, and so we'll start to collect the next ones. I have a few more podcasts where we get to 50, and then we're going to have a little party. I'm Dr. Alan Trites, New Leaf of New Leaf Health. Great health does not have to be a mission impossible. This podcast, Great Health Does Not Have to Be a Mission Impossible, provides you information about evidence-based strategies for Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, gut health problems, digestion, autoimmune disease, brain health issues, and many other chronic health conditions. If you enjoy this podcast, you can find more information on today's episode, Nutrition, Dr. Trite's blog, and many other topics at choosenewleaf.com. There you'll have all the information, and thank you for listening to this podcast. The best thing to do is sign up for his newsletter, where he'll update you on the latest research and clinical strategies related to chronic and autoimmune health conditions. You can find Dr. Trite's social media on Instagram and Facebook with the username New Leaf Health. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional health care services, including the giving of medical advice. Note, no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and materials linked to the podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not delay or disregard obtaining medical advice for any medical conditions they have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.